Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Good to see you all. Uh, hi, my name's David. Like Matt said, um, I'm so glad that you chose to be here. And I just feel privileged that uh, you chose to spend your evening with us. And I hope that, I guess through our time here, that it's informative, that it's hopefully transformative as you are trying to take next steps in your spiritual journey or your relationship with God or whatever you find, wherever you find yourself in terms of God and faith, uh, we want to help you take the next step. That's what we're all about. We, we want to challenge people toward taking that next step and really seeing God do some amazing things in your life as a result of being here. So, and once again, it's great to be back on campus 2023. Here we go. We've got some really exciting things to look forward to, like, like spring break. You guys excited about that? Yeah, I thought so. Okay, great. So I want to start off tonight. So we're talking about this series called New. We kicked it off last week. And what I want to start with is, listen, I know two things about you. Okay, two obvious things about you right now. And one of those things is that you woke up this morning. Today, you woke up. Okay, that's kind of, I know. But there was a moment where you were not awake. And then the next moment, you were awake, right? And this happened. And that was the turning point from your yesterday, your dream state or whatever. And then all of a sudden, boom, new day. You were awake. And you were ready to tackle whatever, or not ready, right, to tackle whatever things came your way. And here we are at eight, eight something at night, and you've gone through a whole day's worth of activity. So not only do I know that you woke up today, but today you experienced problems, right? Am I, I don't know, maybe, maybe one or two of you scraped by and didn't encounter any problems today, but I'm guessing, I'm betting that every single one of us, we ran into some sort of issue or just distressing thing or trouble or just situation that was really, that really hurt us in some way, anything. There's all kinds of things that we tend to experience. With every new day comes new problems. Have you noticed that? And God allows these problems to occur and he appoints his mercies for us to overcome them. God allows problems to occur in this fallen world and he appoints his mercies to overcome them. The verse at the top of your handout, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, it says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Every morning you wake up and then it closes saying, great is your faithfulness, God. Great is his faithfulness. When you get up every morning, God has new mercies available to you. As you embark on another day of what can be a challenging human existence, this is just the way it is. It can be difficult and there are problems and once again, God allows them and he appoints his mercies for us to be able to overcome them. 
So I want to share with you briefly four provisions of God's mercies available to you today and the next day and then in the days to come. And so the first of these is that he provides new tenacity against temptation. New tenacity against temptation. You guys, we experience temptation. This is one of the problems that we deal with as people, once again, in this fallen world, is temptation, this allure or desire to do something wrong, right? This is something we all experience. Once again, we can't escape this, this human experience. And through our conscience, right, we have some general ideas about right and wrong. But truly, ultimately, our compass for right and wrong, for morality, should come from God's word, the Bible. He dictates how we ought to live through that crucial resource of our lives. And so, but the reality of life is that we're constantly bombarded by temptation. And it comes from three main sources, three sources of temptation. It comes from the world, right? We're surrounded by people who are, by, by people, by whatever, a culture, by things that are taking us away from God naturally and trying to guide us toward negative outcomes and sin. And so we experience temptation through the world around us. We also experience temptation through the enemy. Uh, Satan is real. We, there is a real enemy in the world that we have to do battle against. And he is trying to make it so that you do not honor God with your life. He's actively against, opposed to that. And so we need to do battle against him too. We got the world, the enemy, and then the third source of temptation comes from you, like yourself. You, might, you may or may not have figured that out by now, but honestly, the deepest, one of the deepest places that we experience temptation is just our own desires, our selfishness, that just naturally creeps into all the situations and all the decisions that we want to make where we go, okay, I want this thing. And these desires twist us toward not living God's way. So those are the three sources of temptation. God does not tempt us. The Bible makes that clear. He does not create these temptations for us. They are a part of the fallen world and we need to do battle against them. But he does provide us with the resources that we need to do battle, to fight, to resist temptation. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he says this, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You might've heard that phrase before, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He told his disciples to do two things, watch and pray right? Watch and pray. Now, when I read this verse, that to watch, that implies a, a physical action on our part, right? To be alert or in some temptations, right? We need to set up or engage with accountability, right? Or maybe, you know, you need to limit your involvement in certain situations just to physically, to practically separate yourself from temptation, there's different practical things that we can do 
uh, choices to make in the face of, but also in preparation for temptation. In the face of, but also in preparation for it. But then he says to watch and to pray. And to pray implies a spiritual action. You need God's help. God's designed this whole thing to where we are dependent on him, to trust him, to to lead us through, to help us, to give us the tenacity we need to fight temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, the thing, just our own bodies and our minds, we are weak, right? We're weak to fight this temptation. Maybe some of these temptations we've struggled with our whole life. Exchange your weakness for God's strength to deliver you from that temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. This is a promise. Like this is, this is true. And he promises this to us, to those of us who are his children, to, to rescue us from that. Temptation will find you, right? But God will provide the resolve and the opportunity to flee from it. So every day, ask God for protection and tenacity to fight temptation. Watch and pray, right? So what happens though when you succumb to that temptation? When you give in to sin? The mercies of God, they account for that. Okay, we experience temptation and he gives the tenacity to to fight that. But second, he gives us new forgiveness for our faults. He gives you new forgiveness for your faults. His mercies are not so limited that if we fail, if we mess up in some way through sin, that he abandons us or that he's done with you for that day. Maybe, maybe in tomorrow it'll be better, right? And you know, sometimes we can put ourselves in time out even too, to where, you know, I, I sin and I feel bad about it. And, and I, I don't really get much done for the day because I just feel like I'm still wallowing in that. And I need to put myself in time out and kind of distance myself from God. Cause that's kind of what we, almost naturally think we got to do to just sort of reset this problem of, of sin in our lives. But with every new day, with every new moment, you guys, comes new forgiveness for your faults, for your sins. God earnestly desires that you would live a righteous life, a life that glorifies him, honors him. But unlike other people, God doesn't turn on you when you do wrong toward him. Unlike other people, he does not turn on you when you do wrong toward him. First John 1, 9 clearly lays this out. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. There's that word again. And just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, we undoubtedly experience this problem of our own sin. This is a problem that you and I face in, in this world, day to day, the problem of our own sin. 
but God has new forgiveness for you today. In Psalm 51, verse 10, it says, actually, before I even say that, this, the chapter, Psalm 51, it's in the Bible. You can look it up. It's a whole chapter of just repentance and confession. And it is a a valuable tool in understanding our relationship with God when it comes to confessing our sin and turning away from it. And so let me just pause there and say, yeah, Psalm 51, this is a key passage for us to understand this. And it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He's asking God, he's entreating him to, to help in these ways. See, this cleansing, I don't know. So work with me here. You, it might depend on the kind of person you are, but you pro, when you're like unclean in some way, you probably like feel it. Like when, what happens when you get done with the workout, you're what, all sweaty, right? Right? And you're just like, like in it, you know? and you feel it, or if you get done with a meal and it was like really good, but like, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in your teeth and you kind of, you gotta, you gotta work on that before anybody sees you, right? You kind of, there's this kind of like icky feeling, right? That at least for me comes with this feeling of being unclean in some way. I gotta, gotta wash off in some way. I gotta, you know, fix this, right? That feeling, it signals that something's wrong, right? And when we sin, we experience the feeling of guilt. We experience the feeling of shame and uncleanness. And it and also disrupts our connection to the perfection of God. And so God, in his power and mercies, he is faithful to forgive and to cleanse, to wipe away the guilt and the shame and the grime that holds us down, that holds us back from living to our fullest potential for the rest of that day, even though we've sinned. And so if, and with that, he can then renew us to a right spirit, right? He says, renew a right spirit within me, the psalmist says. How do we invite him to do that? And that's through confession. And so, like I said in this, about Psalm 51, it's, it's the Psalm where King David, he had committed a, just this egregious sin before God and before many other people. But he confessed his sin to God in Psalm 51. And he asked God to cleanse and renew and restore the relationship so that David could once again experience God's refreshment. This is the newness that we have in God when we embrace his new forgiveness that he has for us every day, every moment, in spite of our sin, in spite of our uncleanness. Through confession, I encourage you, embrace the new forgiveness that God has for you today. The third of these mercies that I have for you today is third, New deliverance from destruction. New deliverance from destruction. That's, what, that's one of the provisions that God has for you in his mercies today. 
and every day. You might not experience a lot of like life or death scenarios in your life, and I don't want to be dramatic here, but like, okay, have you ever been in a situation where you thought to yourself, man, this is, this is too much to handle. Like, I, I can't, I can't do this. Maybe we're talking, you know, the loss of a loved one or a relational hardship, a financial burden that's, that feels too great to bear or a mental or emotional strain that just won't go away, that creates pressure. This, we find ourselves at moments in devastating situations. What, what do you do? What do you do when that happens? God's word shows us one thing that we can do, what to do. It tells us to cry out to God. Cry out to him. Psalm 34, 17, not in your notes or anything. Psalm 34, 17 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. His deliverance is available as we cry out to him. Crying out to God is a humble, sincere prayer of desperation when we're in times of need. And I've already shared some of these Psalms throughout the Bible and King David, he wrote a lot of these Psalms. He, he went through some incredible hardship, some problems in his life. As a, some as a result of his own sin, some as a result of people you know, being, being mad at him, being frustrated with him and causing him great, great problems betrayal, all kinds of things. All kinds of things that even threaten to overwhelm, to destroy him. But looking back on those things, he has this to say in Psalm 56. He says to God, for you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling. That I may walk before God in the light of life. You have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Every new day and every new breath is a gift of God. As long as you live, God has delivered and preserved you to this point in order that you may walk before God in the light of life. What does that mean? It means that he's kept you alive up to this moment for you to enjoy his presence and to bring him glory through your steps. Enjoy the presence of the Lord and bring him glory with your steps as you walk before him in the light of life, in the light of his presence, in the light of being alive and experiencing the life that he has designed for you to have in spite of troubles, in spite of destruction, in spite of difficulties. He is faithful to deliver you. But 
There's one more thing that happens that persists. What if the suffering continues? If he doesn't deliver this you from this right away. Fourth, he has new strength for you amidst suffering. New strength amidst suffering. Yes, he will deliver you from everything that he deems fit to deliver you from. And he will rescue you from destruction. And you have this opportunity to walk before God in the light of life. But that still does not take us away from the reality that problems and suffering, yeah, exist. Following God is not a worry-free life. It's not a problem-free life. But he supplies you with strength to endure. Strength to endure that hardship, that suffering. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It is God's job to uphold you, to strengthen you, to give you everything you need to persevere, to endure. And it's your job to trust him. It's our job to trust him. Even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even as we walk through difficulty and suffering. Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So God is, he's sovereign. He maps out all these things and allows them to happen for our good, for the good of those who love him. And he providentially uses suffering to produce endurance in your life and character in your life. And that gives birth to hope. We have great hope in God in spite of all the fears and the distresses and the problems and the worries of this life some of which we cannot avoid. In the, in the midst of all of that, God gives us hope for the future. He has given you hope for the future through the knowledge of, of him, through Jesus who came to give you new life, to breathe new life into you when we were dead, when we were far from God. God sent Jesus to save you and to heal all the things that were broken and to restore you to new life. And so that is, and then that hope, that life occurs now abundantly in the joy of knowing God and walking before him in the light of life. And that occurs in the hope of resurrection. That occurs in the hope that we spend eternity with our savior, with our creator, with our God in the midst of his people. In 1 John 4, verse 4, wrapping up here, 1 John 4, verse 4, it says, little children, the author's talking to the recipients of this letter in this tender, fatherly way. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. 
For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You have overcome them. All these problems, temptation and our sin and faults and destruction and suffering, God supplies the abundant mercy for us to overcome those things, to experience victory in spite of sorrow. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In order to experience this new life, in order to experience this, you need to have God's spirit working in you once again, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. We need his help in all these different things. And you need to have him in your life as your Lord and savior to restore you and to help you experience these new mercies every morning. Action steps for tonight. I've already shared a bunch of these, but we need to watch and pray, right? practically and spiritually fighting temptation with the tenacity that God supplies. We need to embrace God's forgiveness by confessing sin, being cleansed, cry out to God for deliverance when you're in despair and you don't know what to do. And then we need to trust God for the strength to endure suffering. Let me close with the verse that I started tonight with, Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Father, great is your faithfulness. We pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for the new life, the new mercies that we get to experience through only you. I pray, Lord, that you would give us everything that we need. I pray that we would turn to you. I pray that you would fill our minds with the knowledge that we need to move forward in these ways and to embrace this new life that you have for us and to walk not in a problem-free way, but in a way that trusts you and relies on you we don't need to worry anymore, Lord. And so for each one of us who sits here tonight, I pray that you would provide the thing that we need. Tell us what we need to respond to through the word from tonight and help us to unite together to experience this life together and to encourage each other in it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.